a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for downloading the Utah Puck Report. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, and with me, as always... The little guy, Gary Michael. The little guy? Yeah. John Carter's little brother. Yeah. Little cousin. Shrimp sauce is what he calls me sometimes. Shrimp sauce. Yeah, like, what? Some redhead on redhead that? violence going on over there. <laughs> hey, uh, we got an awesome special guest in the studio today, and that's what we're always about. We always have special guests. Sam Brickley. Yes. Sam, how are you? I'm good, hanging in there. So the microphone, you just talk right into there. Oh, jeez. I'm good, hanging in there. Right. Been a rough week so yeah. far, but yeah. overall, been pretty good. Yeah, so uh, for those that don't know, and I'm pretty sure almost everybody knows, Sam's Sam's father is Matt Brickley, and uh, Matt passed away last week, and we went to the like went to the funeral. The services were amazing, and I think it just, uh, the lines to even... Yeah. To, at the funeral, I mean, it was. I think it was supposed to go from five to seven. It went from. It ended up going to like ten thirty or eleven at night because there were so many people want, wanting to pay respects. You, your your father had uh, reached a lot of people yeah. and, and done a lot of good for this market. Yeah. And a lot of basically every hockey player in this valley knows your dad and, and owes yeah. him some sort of gratitude, whether they know it or not. So oh, yeah. our heart breaks for you. And uh, but I don't. I don't want to make this. You know, I don't want to bring you in here because. Gary and I barely made it through our video talking about yeah. your dad without crying. So, I, like I said, I can only imagine what you're going through. But uh, thanks for I, – I wanted to take the opportunity while you were in town for the funeral because you've had a lot of, a lot of changes over the season. Yeah, I've had a, quite a bit. <laughs> okay, so let's, uh, let's start from the beginning. So one of the main questions I get all the time is, what travel team organization is going to help my son get out of Utah? So – the only way to really say what travel team organization is helping kids get out is talk to the, the kids that are out and find out the path they went down, right? Yeah. So tell me your first hockey memory. Like You've got to have some great ones. Mm, my first hockey memory is probably playing mites just in the county league, playing goalie. <laughs> like, I hate this. Never doing this again. Smart. So just so, started playing forward from there. And we're finding, like, uh, when we talked to Metcalf, we're talking to Garrett. The way Garrett got put in net, because he had an older brother that was a player and needed somebody to shoot on, (laughs) and the little brother always gets stuck in the net. Is that what happened? Uh, My team, like, rotated goalies. So, like, we did, and it was my turn, and I was just so bored. I would just sit there. (laughs) So, it wasn't my favorite, but then never played goalie after that, so... Yeah, well. <laughs> so after after playing house league, uh, when do you start playing travel team? If you count the lightning as travel, played lightning, squirts, peewees, 
Then went to the Eagles my Bantam year. Yeah. Then didn't make my first year 16, didn't play, make Park City. Then played six, second year of 16's Park City. Okay. Then played my first year of 18's on Park City again. Then moved to St. Louis, second year of 18's. Okay, so um, I, I want to talk a little bit about that because you and I were talking off off before we started the uh, podcast is that uh, it's not always as as easy as people think. And I, I talked to your brother about it too because your brother didn't have – like he argues with me about this, but he didn't make every team that he tried out for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, Daniel, there you go. We have evidence right now. <laughs> Okay, so but you say you didn't make on your minor year you, of U16s. You didn't make Park City. That was was that double A? So it's yep. tier two. Yep. What did you end up doing for that that year? I only played high school. Okay. So just d- did school, played high school. And you get other ice time though, right? You yeah, I did drop in and stuff. Drop in and because I see you at yeah, you and I are drop ins quite a bit together. Do, do they tell you when you when you don't make the team like what you need to work on? They mainly said speed, get your speed up, get yeah. in shape. So, which is one of the things that's like, you know, in most sports they say, oh, you, you can't teach speed. Either you have it or you don't, but it's not true in hockey. You can make players faster. You can work on things and players will get faster. You may, you may not be a fast runner and you're not going to be the fat. You you can't all of a sudden become the fastest guy in the world, but you can definitely work on speed. And there are drills that, that, that you can do. So you get, you don't make the team your 16 year minor. Does that motivate you? Do you do you get angry or do you start thinking about just not playing travel? Yeah, it kind of made me mad, like because I knew the coach Mike Adamac. Yeah. Then just moved forward from there. Started like getting in shape, get, trying to get faster, and then working out. So. Yeah. And that's the that's kind of the age where it has to become. It's up to you now. Like obviously, Dad's taking you to the rink every opportunity. Yeah. You probably and you. <laughs> With him running the rink for a long time, you probably got more opportunities than most. But, and he'd still gladly take you to the rink all the time. But at some point, it's got to be like he can't make you work out. He can't make you love the game. Do you think at that point you loved the game? That yeah. That's when you're like, look, I I want to play. It's worth it to drop a few pounds and work out. Starting to get in shape. He told me if you want to make it as far as your brother, just keep putting your mind to it. So, yeah. how far? How at what point? As, as a U16. Where was your brother at that time? How much older is Daniel than you? Five years. Five years. So he was already in college. Is that right? No, he was in Topeka. Okay, so he's he's playing the NA. Okay, so that's got to be, that can be a motivator, but also are you finding that everywhere you go, people are like, oh, it's Daniel's little, little brother? Yeah, people are like, are you related to Daniel Brickley? I'm like, that's my brother. So then I just, I've always wanted to follow him. Yeah. So... Well, he had the same thing, right? So he had some weight, and he had to. It had to click for him. It had to click for Garrett, right? It had yeah. like all the kids in that age group. It's it's funny because man, I remember him coming to camps, and the two kids I had a hard time with every year is uh, is your brother and and Garrett. Garrett didn't want to be there and work until <laughs> a certain age, and then he then he was like one of the hardest workers. And Daniel would have you know Daniel would come in there and screw around and be. You know, maybe blow off. Like, every once in a while, he'd blow off one of the outdoor workouts. It's camp, man. Oh, yeah. He'd have a good time. Sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> I did that a few times. And I remember. Right. And I So, you know, there's there's times where you're like, all right, we're taking roll. Where's Sam? 
Sam, <laughs> Sam's still at Jersey Mike's. <laughs> or noodles. Or noodles. Or noodles. And instead of coming back and doing, you know, whatever we were doing outside. And some of those workouts outside, running the hill and doing all that oh, stuff. Got, those were brutal. Yeah. But yeah. they were good for you. I mean, they for the kids that wanted it, it's there. And I get it. Like, I'm... We take role, and normally I know where the kids are. Evan's like, I've seen these kids singing out here. Or, you know, I, I'd get a report, so we knew you weren't kidnapped. Yeah. But not everybody wants to work out that hard, and that's fine. Some kids can play high school hockey and have a great high school hockey life. And, you know, if that's what you want, it's there for you. But if you want to get out and you want to play further, you, at some point it's got to click. Yep. So U16 minors doesn't go well for you, and now you've got to go – now you've got the tri- the tryout again with Adamac. How'd that go on your U16? Major? It wasn't Adamac. It was J.R. Corkery. Oh. So. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. So he took over coaching. Mike took, the, that was the first year of 18th for okay. Park City. So All he right. took over that. And then, so I made the team that year. We had a good year. Didn't make it to nationals, but it was a fun year. Loved J.R. as a coach. So. I did not realize that he had coached Double uh, A here. So I've known Jr. since he was fourteen, fifteen years old. And uh, for those that don't know Jr., um, he played NCAA Division One. I. I cannot remember where he played juniors. UConn. Well, that's I mean that's where he played college, but I don't know where he played juniors. But anyway, the great another great resource here. He came back. He was like a he's a one of those guys that's a genius and was going to be a doctor. Ended up being. He went to nursing school instead and throws major concerts in the summer, those desert fests or whatever. That's a good life. Yeah, (laughs) it is a good life. He's a great dude. So that's cool that you guys play for JR, another another Utah guy that got out of the market and played NCAA at UConn. Very cool. Mm -hmm. All right, so you play for him. Now things are starting to click for you. What happens? So U17 or U18 minor. Yeah, first year of U18, Josh Angevine. Yeah. Took over coaching, then made the team. We were good, but we didn't make it to nationals. Fortunate, but fun year. A lot of guys I knew, grew up playing with. Yeah. So. so now it comes to a head. You're 18, you play high school, and what options do you have at that point? I didn't have any options. After, after the season, I had a few NAL camps yeah. and a, one USHL main camp offer. So I went to those. Then What's USHL camp? Tri City Storm. Okay. Then I couldn't remember if I sent you somewhere, but that's that's not my contact, so that's not where I would have sent you. <laughs> no. Okay. So you go to those camps. Yeah. They did they told me you just need to get faster, bigger, stronger, so Yeah. Just worked out that summer after. And then got a call from this triple A team that scouted me at one of the at Aberdeen's camp. So St. Louis car shoot hockey so i went there first half of the year and the coach goes since you're a post-grad like you're better off going to go play juniors like i was like like you're telling me this like you didn't tell me i, I was going to get cut or anything he goes well we have this kid that we that tore his acl and got tender than all last year he goes we want to give him another chance oh so so you got they gave you a speech and then actually just replaced you with a kid that they yep. wanted to have. All right, so that's something you and I were talking about too. And it's uh, now you're 18, you think you have a man on your AAA team, and all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. Yeah. So what do you do? So I get a call from my assist- now my assistant coach down in El Paso, Vinny, and then he goes, 
hey, Sam, like, how are things going in St. Louis? I was like, well, I technically just got cut. He goes, we would like to have you. I'm like, okay, like, let me talk to my parents and I'll get back to you. So I called my mom and dad and we're like, hey, this El Paso coach called me. Like, he wants me to come join him. So I was like, what should I say to him? He goes, give it a day and then we'll, me and your mom will talk about it. So they talked about it. My dad called me back. Hey, Sam, how would you like to be a rhino? I'm like, okay. So <laughs> we went. the St. Louis team went to Chicago that following weekend. So I went with them, played, and then met El Paso down in Vegas for that Western States showcase. Oh, okay. So didn't play the first two games. Played the last game against Bellingham. So that was my first. Oh, against the other Utah boys. Yeah. Yeah. Got my first point, junior point that game. Oh, nice. So, Brickleys have a way of getting a point in their first game, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. So, All right. So uh, how are things going now? I mean, are you, are you getting uh, – we were talking about it. You're getting plenty of playing time? Yeah, playing most, like, mostly every game. Got suspended already this year. For, for what? Fighting. Okay. How, how many PIMs you got? Fifteen. Gary loves the PIMs. All right. So it's respectable. fighting in junior, why do you get suspended for fighting a junior? Because it was under five minutes oh, okay. in the game. Oh, all right. And then there's it's like another rule. If you can't serve the full five minutes, it's another game. So that's oh, why I got a game. That's not cool, man. That's I mean, junior hockey. But a lot of time, honestly, the, the worst beatings I took were in the last five minutes of, <laughs> of games that we were winning by either too much or losing by too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know how it gets. They're just testosterone-filled. Right. Messes. <laughs> All right, so you've got how many points do you have so far this year? Three or four. Three or four. I think we know. We have we update you now. I did not know. It's so crazy, and it's so like I talk to your dad all the time. I, t- I would talk to your brother weekly. Like I'm the pest every week. I text him. I'm <laughs> like, hey, what's up? Where are you playing? Are you hurt? You know, are you are you in the AHL? Are you in the NHL? Update me. What's going on? And nobody told me that I hadn't been right. then getting your stats since you were in the Western States League, and then one I just was playing for the spa. I like every other week for my entire adult life, I get a phone call every Sunday. Jay, it's Matt. <laughs> this team needs a goalie. <laughs> right. And it's usually another team, but the last few, like the spa, they're not having like their goalie not it's not showing up or whatever. Yeah. So I, I I've played as many games for your dad this year as I played for my own team this year. Mm-hmm. And same with my son. My son's played a bunch for the spa. But I got I got the call and I got to go in there and your dad comes in and sits next to me in the locker room. He's like, hey, uh, how come you're not talking about Sam on the show? And I'm like, what are you? Oh, I was like, we only cover junior guys. He's like, he's in El Paso. I'm like, well, I don't, how am I supposed to know? Like, I see you every week. Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> so anyway, like, right. I, I was pumped. I was glad to hear. I didn't know that it was a rough, like, I thought it was a cool transition. I didn't know that, you know, St. Louis had cut you. Yeah. And then you ended up in the Western States. But I also know, so last summer, like you and me and, uh, your dad and your brother, a couple different times at the rink after drop-ins or whatever in Bountiful, or we would talk, and I had called Riley Armstrong, who we're interviewing tomorrow, and Riley wanted you as a player in AAA, wherever he was coaching, and I knew Jake LeMay and Ogden had wanted you, and you told me that conversation wasn't very complete. Yeah. Jake immediately texted me after the last, uh, my 18 years, he says, hey, what's your plans? I was like, I have cams, like... I don't know yet. He goes, like, how do you not know yet? Like, you should know. And so. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Huh. That's. 
It's an odd way to go about recruiting somebody. <laughs> yeah, text me on Facebook Messenger. Oh, all right. So and I know so I know Jake and I know Jake works like constantly like to coach at that level and to be successful like he's been. It is nonstop work okay. and try, like constantly trying to get players that probably shouldn't be in the Western States League that probably should be in the NA. That's how he's so good. Is he's got so many players that uh, you know every year he's got a new guy setting records. They had uh, Spodniak like just tearing up the league, and so. I know he puts in a lot of time and effort, and he probably wanted you to, you know, jump for joy when he called you. And but I don't know, kind of crazy. All right, I, so go ahead. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's so if there's an opportunity, what's the what's what's the deal like in the Western States League? Are you going to be restricted at the end of this year that you can only play for El Paso next year, or if a Utah team reached out to you, could you move without being traded? I think I could if I. Really wanted to, yeah. But I want to go to a higher league. Like my dream is to follow, like you said, Daniel's footsteps. Yeah. So I want to go to the NA. So I want to go there. Do you have tryouts lined up yet? Have I you talked to Topeka? No. Uh, the head head coach texted me earlier this year. Said there's this open camp. So yeah. I might go there. Open camps are tough. Five yeah. six hundred kids in there, right? So. Yeah. But I mean, still, that's how you get noticed. That's kids do get out of those camps, and I, I send a couple of Utah kids to open camps in, I you know I have a connection in the NA with Janesville, and then I have a well I've had a connection in Dubuque, and in Des Moines, but now I just have a connection in Dubuque. But so, I send kids to those those open camps, and and that's what I was saying is that at the end of the over the summer I was I kept trying to I'd had you open camps lined up, and then Riley ended up taking a he got a head coach job in the East Coast League, and he's in town playing against the Utah Grizzlies right now. He's coaching the Maine Mariners in the ECHL. So that thing kind of just died, and I lost track of it. So I was, I was surprised. I knew you ended up somewhere. I know guys are interested in you. Uh, one, because your pedigree, and that, that just doesn't mean that, oh, well, he's a Brickley, so he gets it. It just means you're, you have the genes, and we're seeing in the NHL how much those genes mean because you've got Kachuk's playing, and you've got Domi's playing, and you've got yeah. – like, you know, you're seeing uh, – uh, Stefan Matteau's kids playing, Stefan Matteau Jr. And you start seeing all these guys. It's it's, it's not just, a, you know, a statistical anomaly that a guy makes the NHL and his dad and his uncle played. It's There's something in those genetics, right? So you've got the pedigree. So guys are like, hey, you've got the pedigree. You're starting to get the size. How? What are you weighing now? How tall are you? Uh, six foot, 190. Yeah. So. And when Daniel was 18, how tall was he? Five foot nine. Yeah. Two twenty. So the potential's there. <laughs> yeah. The, the potential's there because he was, he grew into that two twenty. Yeah. What is he now? Six three, six four. He six two and a half. Okay. Uh, two oh five. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Leaned out, got big. He's pretty scary. <laughs> I'll tell you, it was unreal playing with him forever. And I, your dad. I don't know how many people know this, but your dad wanted to play with you guys. And wanted you guys to be able to play senior league with them. And USA Hockey kept stopping it. So your dad started basically this campaign. And that's why we're no longer USA Hockey in these yeah. rinks. And that's because like your dad you know, spearheaded all that. So we had the opportunity to play with you guys. But so you guys are always in men's league. And unfortunately, I'm playing against you tonight in men's league in playoffs. <laughs> Which, how are you eligible for playoffs? What's the deal here? Do I got to call, so, call a commissioner? 
uh, <laughs> during, this, during my Christmas break, I was like, Dad, I'm coming home early. Like, can you put me on the spa roster? He goes, yeah, just make sure you're there. Like, so I've been on the spa roster since December, since now I'm officially 18. So I've been on there. Played zero games. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I feel some goals. Yeah, yeah I know. For Sam yeah. here. Damn it, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunate because I'm not 18. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm looking oh, forward no. to it. It's going to be fun playing with you. But it's it's cool that your dad, you know, your dad went out, kind of rewrote the rules and changed everything for us and made it so that we had the opportunity to play with our kids before they were 18 and whatever. But I've watched Daniel play for years and, you know, he was good. He was all right, whatever. And he's playing NCAA, and I'm like, yeah, he's all right. And then two <laughs> years ago, clearly the best player on the ice. Like, the way he could skate all of a sudden, that's the thing I noticed. Besides the fact that he, he leaned out and got, you know, a little bit taller, it's like that. his skating just came together. Yeah. And he is, yeah, you'd say scary. It is scary. And uh, do you know Kiyoshi Rujin? No. Kiyoshi's the head coach at oh, uh, Weaver State. He plays for Rebels? Yeah, plays yeah. for Rebels. One of our Rebels. He uh, forever, for, I mean, I played with him at Weaver State mm-hmm. in 1994. Clear back then. Kiyoshi's been one of the fastest players yeah. I've ever known. So fast. Super fast, yeah, right? totally. And uh, there was a play in Bountiful where the puck came behind me, and I, like, Daniel shot the puck at me, and it hit my blocker. And went to Yosh. And Yosh starts, he's already at the blue line and starts going offensive. And I can hear Daniel behind me just digging in the ice. And he catches Yosh. <laughs> you know, like Yosh had a breakaway. And Daniel wow. caught Yosh. And I was like, yeah, this is wow. something changed. <laughs> yeah. Because Next nobody, level. one, nobody catches Yosh. And he had almost a whole zone lead. And Daniel caught him. And it was like that. And it was it was unreal. That's awesome. And that's a, that's a huge transition. And that's obviously what you're hoping happens with you, and that's what El Paso is hoping happens with you. And I bet you get more invitations to these camps because the potential's there, right? Yeah. Hope. That's what I've been told. That's what you've been told. <laughs> well, these camps, you, you said like five, 600 kids for real? Yeah. And is it like a week long? How long? How long? Uh, it depends going? on the camp. Like the Tri-City one I went to mm-hmm. was a week. Then, like, the other NA camps were Thursday to Sunday. So, I guess it depends on the camp. So, on that USHL camp, just kind of describe it for us. How many teams did they put together for that? Six. Six teams. Then, a lot of young kids. I was, like, one of the oldest. Yeah. There was, like, O2s already coming to Division One, So, they, like... Yeah, and they're coming from teams like Shattuck or Honeybake or, you know, those little Caesars. Prep schools, yeah. So you're, these are the top kids that are on. They already have colleges looking at them, and usually the colleges have connections with the USHL teams. They're like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna sign this kid." And I mean, that's I, I'm I'm almost positive that NA is gonna tell us that how, that's how he ended up playing in Des Moines. Is that uh, I think he ended with Sioux City, but I think he originally ended up with Des Moines or started with Des Moines, and that was through the college. Like Brown University committed him before he played USHL, and that's. You know, you played a really good AAA program, and you're a smart kid. You get these NCAA offers early, especially the prep school kids. So you go to these camps. So some of them are three, four hundred people, but if there's only six teams, yeah, you know that's 100, 110, 120 kids. Yeah. Um, and then you just play a bunch of games. So we played three games. Then 
after the third game, they would like have one-on-one meetings yeah. with everyone after their games, and they choose an all-star team. So oh, it was purple and white. So they said, like, we like your skill. You just need to get faster. So you see the ice really well. So we'll be watching you this year. So yeah. watch your phone and emails. Isn't that, and that's <laughs> is that the goal is to go back to that cap this year? I don't know. Yeah. So whatever your your goal is to be in the league and, and, yep. and to be in the USHL or the NA yep. and whoever calls is that's the goal. Yep. Yeah. I hear you. I'm still waiting for a phone call. Yeah. I was pretty excited when the outliers called me, even though I was <laughs> <laughs> finally made juniors. No. So and I, I told you like it, crossing those those hard times and not making a team like. My path has been different than everybody else's, and my path didn't go very far, but it went way further than it should have. I, my first year I ever played hockey, the first time I ever put on goalie equipment or was on the ice to play hockey was my sophomore year at Murray High. And then my junior year, I started at Shattuck St. Mary's. Didn't, didn't start in goal. I just That's when I started that school. Yeah. So I went from practicing one hour a day and having one game a week in Murray, Utah, to practicing every day for multiple hours. We had eight teams at Shattuck. Oh, and then I, I didn't end up staying there the whole season. You know, they wanted me to pay tuition and stuff, and I didn't really <laughs> want to pay tuition. I couldn't afford it. But then I come back to Utah and play my senior year. So I basically played no real hockey. By the time I, I'm play, I was thinking about it the other night when we were watching the high school state championships, and I'm watching the two goalies, Porter Johnson and the kid McKinnon from uh, Park City. These kids have played travel teams their whole lives. And they've got hundreds of games under their belt. Hmm. By the time I was playing my state championship game, I probably had 30 games, 40 games under my belt. And uh, then I just went on to play Junior C here. And that's that's where I was going to just, you know, fizzle out, play one year Junior C here, and then just stay in over, like a nighttime DJ at K-Bear for the rest of my life. <laughs> but then I got cut. And I, it was political or it was whatever it was, but... I got cut from the team that I thought I'd be fine with here, but I'd already played in some tournaments and some other teams had seen me and they're like, Hey, well, you're available. Why don't you come here? So I went from junior C in Utah to a junior B in North Dakota for the, it was called the Tri-City Kings at the time. Everything was the Kings. It was the Kings were, had just changed to black and silver and all the gangbangers were wearing it. And <laughs> so anyway, we went to junior C and I, I ended up in North Dakota and then Within 10 games, got pulled up to Junior A in Canada. And I was like, it's weird that what to me was, one, it was humiliating to get cut from Junior C here because all my friends were on the team. And two, I was pretty sure it was the end of me playing hockey. Right. And it turned out to be one of the best things for me. And it's just one of those things where you, you know, it sucks. Like what happened with you in St. Louis sucks. But playing junior A in the Western States is a better opportunity for a kid your age. And I don't know, it looks like you're, you you realize that. Yeah, I did. And you're taking advantage. Are you still hitting the gym? Yeah. You got big plans over the summer with your brother? To, are you guys going to... I don't know if he's coming back yet, so... Go where he's at. I he doesn't want to let me <laughs> live with him. So. Maybe. Hey. Come on, bro. But, but you know what? When it's your older brother, you usually don't have a choice. Your, your younger brother, younger sister always tags along, right? Yeah. Seems like if he's going to work out every day with those guys that live in L.A. or whatever, that's the best way for you to go to your next level. Let's, let's call him. Let's start pestering him right now. Because that's you know he's going to be working out. You know he's yeah. going to yeah. 
Um, what other plans do you have for the summer? Like, do you have a group here that you're going to work out with or? Uh, me, me, me and a few of my friends are going to go to the gym like every day. Yeah. And then get, like, get me in shape, get me faster. So. Oh, cool. So. Do you work with like a, a like a, a skate coach during the summer at all? If you're, you know, working on your speed and stuff like that? Uh, Daniel helped me a little this past summer. Did he? So, you know, as you, you have like the right technique, your just feet aren't like fully there like you just need to get faster so, and so that's got to be the same thing he was hearing at your age yeah probably i mean because he wasn't fast and i'm telling you that when that switch got flipped it was remarkable it yeah. was just i was dumbfounded and like I, wish, I said i wish i had that switch yeah i got nothing, <laughs> I got nothing i've been either. in senior league my whole career it's been great the only thing i do to get better <laughs> is buy new gear Right. <laughs> this is going to make me better. Yeah. I'm At least you to... look good. Yeah, that's part of, you know, look good, play good, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, well, it doesn't work out that well for me. Well, that, you know, I hope Daniel brings you in, and uh, I yeah. hope you guys get to work out. You know that you're always welcome at my camp. We'll bring you back this year as a counselor, and usually that means you get some free sessions with Greg because I think he's a good skills coach, and I think <laughs> yeah. He's a good, yeah. it's a good way Amazing. to learn to skate is from him. And I think Daniel worked out with him a lot because I, I think they had that ice session where, like, it was Trevor and it was, you know, a bunch of good players. Yeah. And hopefully something like, you know, I, there are those people here now. That's a resource you have that a lot of people didn't have is that um, there's a, a guy that just got cut from the Utah Grizzlies that's going to stay here. And is, I'm uh, oh. Misiak. Yeah. So he's going to be here, and he can teach people how to skate. Greg Lieb's here. You still have Kevin Guy here. Oh, yeah. Um, there's there, a figure skater coach. Um, you know, she's got her own power skating thing now. And I know that Zach Parise uses a figure skating coach to teach him power skating. And, you know, he's, he's pretty decent. He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. He's got some he – he can turn and, you know, be fast when he needs to be. So there's a, there's a lot of resources here for you that, that weren't here before, and hopefully that uh, – you know, Gary and I are pulling for you. Yeah, absolutely. How many other Brickleys are playing college or pro right now? Do you know? There's my cousin, or second cousin, Connor. Just got caught up. He got traded to Nashville. Yeah. Now he just got traded to the Rangers Farm Club. And now he's playing with the Rangers. He has three points in six games. Wow. Sweet. So. Yeah, I saw that. I was watching him play the other night. Do you, so, beside, and whose kid is Connor? Uh, oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> don't I think it's second. It's cousin. my dad's cousin's kid. Okay. All so. right. All right. Well, so we got uh, two Brickleys, NHL, AHL. Do you know of any more that are playing juniors or college? No. All right. Well, it's cool, man. Sister I, not playing hockey. No. Dang it. Your sister was an amazing athlete, though. What did she play basketball? Yeah, she played college basketball back east. Yeah. Uh, Wheaton College. <laughs> it's like all-time awesome. leading scorer. Yeah. She hit what? a thousand points her junior year. Then Holy she God. hit, yeah, fifteen hundred. Like late in the season, and then she broke it with by two points. She got fifteen hundred forty-two. Wow! <laughs> so that's, that's and the record was fifteen hundred forty. So she just barely broke it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's fantastic. And it was in her last game. She <laughs> she only had four points that game. She averaged eight eighteen points a game. Oh, so wow. wow. It was meant to be. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> well, man, you've got the pedigree, and uh, <clears throat> it's cool to see that you know you're doing well and you're you're slugging through it. Don't do that literally anymore. You know, yeah. <laughs> stay oh, out, 
stay, you know, the Pims are fine, and, and yeah. fighting in juniors has its place, but just uh, stay out of the suspensions. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm going to fight before five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Sure. What, what <laughs> right. the, so what does the coach say to you? Was the coach mad at you at that no. point? No. It was Our a, coach loves fighting. Okay. You're on his good side <laughs> if you fight. All right. Well, and sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's, you've got to take that suspension. Sometimes something happens on the ice, and you've got to stick up for yourself or for a teammate or whatever, and it's part of the game. Yeah. So and I get that, and I've, you know, I even had it happen, it, it, you know, obviously in the juniors I was coaching, our kids fought every once in a while, but when I was coaching triple A or double A, you know, U18s, we had a couple kids fight, and I thought they were appropriate times. So it's it's hard to get mad, even though a kid takes a three-game suspension for that, but, you know, it, I think that's the right side of the game, as long as they're learning it right. Um, yeah, it's kind of like, I thought last night, uh, Kane's fight against Chara, I mean, yeah. it was... That was a good fight. I was trying to look because if you see at the end, uh, Kane's got a huge. He's got his bleeding at on the front of his nose, but I think that's from the hit. Probably that, oh. that made Kane mad, not from being punched. <laughs> but man, it, it, that's one of the hardest guys to fight in the NHL. I mean, obviously there's Reeves and those guys that you don't want to fight those guys. But I, how do you even punch Char once he gets a hold of you? <laughs> it's like trying to hit a, a flag at the end of a flagpole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. That's so true. All right, Sam. Um, so one thing I always ask, I, I ask two questions at the end of my interviews. And one of them is you can't say your family and you can't say your dad. You can't, you know, so yeah. no, no family. Who here, or not here, who has helped you with hockey the most? Is there somebody that's really kind of been a good mentor for you or a coach? Jared Corkery helped me a lot. Really? So. That's, that's awesome. He Help me, like actually get a little slowed down my 16 year. Yeah. So, say him. All right, cool. That's very cool. Anyone else? Jay Stevens? No. Oh, Jay Stevens. <laughs> I'm totally. He <laughs> totally makes everyone say that. Yeah, I do. No, I'm just. To- I'm totally kidding. I, I don't even teach at my camps. I. I. The first five years of my camp, I ran it, and then I was like. I can the best thing I have my best asset is that I have really good friends that are yeah. that are good at coaching and I can bring other coaches in. So bringing a guy like Jordan Parisi or Evan Stoffel or Greg Lieb and just me organizing the rest of the stuff is I think that's the best thing I can do for these kids. Pencil pusher. Yeah, I'm a pencil pusher and an organizer. Okay, so <laughs> JR Corkery, that's an awesome plug. I'm going to tag him this so he knows about that. I've lo- JR's awesome. I've got tons of stories about his dad, too. In the paramedic world, his dad was known as Dr. Death. Not because he killed people. Not because he killed people. But uh, he wasn't a big believer in us working patients that were, you know, 75 plus. So it was just more of a friendly nickname. <laughs> it doesn't sound like that. We didn't call him Dr. Death around his patients. But his dad was just a hilarious guy and just had – he was just funny. So it was more yeah. of a, you know, a friendly friendly – and JR is the first guy I ever knew. And I don't know if he actually did it, but he was talking about getting DNR tattooed on his chest so nobody worked him with CPR. All right, just uh, – those are non-hockey stories. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> those are more of the paramedic DNR. world. But anyway, okay, so and then the other thing I'm going to ask you is I want you to think about um, how can you, what can you say right now, whether you're looking back at yourself as a 15-year-old or you're talking to some other 15-year-old that's that's playing hockey right now, they're going to say, Sam, how how can I get out of Utah or what can I do to be a better hockey player? What's your advice for a young hockey player growing up? Um, I'll 
like ask them first, do you really love the game or do you like a different sport? Or if you really love the game, like start like working out and then getting in shape, skating as much as you can, and then just like hitting the gym like how I said. Yeah. So then put your mind to it. Follow your dreams. Yeah. Follow your dreams. Yeah. Very cool. Very well said. And you know it's it's just one of those things. It's it's got to be done now. You can't just show up to camp and think that's when you get to shape. You know, a lot of people used to just all right. I'm gonna take the summer off and and I know USA Hockey says you know don't play year round, but stay in shape year round. Yeah. yeah. And kids like you and kids like y- your brother and Mason Manic, they don't want to break during the summer. They don't want to play soccer during the summer. They want to play summer league and roller hockey yeah. and shinny hockey and whatever else it takes and it's hard to say that that's i mean yeah if kids burn out they burn out but why would you tell them no if they want if that's what they want it's one thing if the parents are pushing it but if that's what kids want then yeah yeah i guess if you want to go to the next level you're all right yeah i mean do it year round right it's if that's what you want to be your job would you tell a kid to stop working on math if you want if he wants to be an accountant you know yeah. No. Yeah. My kid wants to go to math camp. That's awesome. He, he is going to hockey camp too, though. By the way. Right. Yeah. Very <laughs> cool. Good. Very cool. Okay. Well, Sam, uh, I can't. I, you know, I appreciate you coming in, and I'm sorry that we missed you for a few weeks there. I didn't know you're playing junior A, and we're we're proud of you. Yeah. Uh, we love you. We love your family. We're we're excited to see what happens with you and your brother in the future, and we're hoping that you follow the same path or, you know, your your own path, and we hope that you get to follow your dreams and that those dreams come true. Thank you so much, Jay. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, I guess that's it for me and Gary. So if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, and and Sam, I'm going to tell you this. Have you subscribed to the podcast? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. So you're the one. (laughs) Oh, anyway. Uh, That was me. (laughs) Text Puck to 57500. Uh, Just check us out, kslsports.com. We have all of our podcasts on there. We have cool sports podcasts. We have Scott Mitchell, who's been walking around here looking at us like we're in his studio. (laughs) Right. And he's got, like, I think he's got 11 or 1,200 podcasts that we have. So (laughs) So it might be his. Yeah, follow one of his podcasts, follow our podcasts. But if you like hockey, this is is the only place you're going to find any talk about Utah hockey. It's right here on the Utah Puck Report. (laughs) 